Who's ready for the word of the Lord today? I know I am ready for the word today. I'm excited today. We have a special guest here today, uh, Brother Vincent Skinner. He is here, and he lives here in Rome, but he is, you'll tell in just a few moments, he is not from here in Rome. He has an amazing accent that I'm jealous of. He's from South uh, Africa, born and raised, and he's lived here since 93. 93, and he's preached in 43 different nations uh, around the world, and uh, he uh, is an evangelist, he's a missionary around the world speaking uh, and stirring up the spirit of revival wherever he goes, and I invited him to speak to us today, so I'm excited uh, for our pastor and our friend here to speak. If you will, let's give a hand clap for Brother Vincent as he comes to share the word today. Praise God. Well, sure. can we pray one more time? I've got to see you through the lights there. Come on, raise your hands. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you so loved the world. And Lord, we heard last week, weekend on Easter, that Jesus, when you entered that tomb, that you are not dead, you are alive. And you ascended to the right hand of the Father and you received the promise of the Holy Spirit. And that promise, that wonderful Holy Spirit has been poured out upon us. And your word says that that promise is for you and to whomever believes and for all the generations to come. And so Holy Spirit, we say you're welcome here tonight. I mean this morning, sorry, we've been in meetings all over this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that you'll make Jesus so alive and so real to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you all. And... Um, uh, let's let's just get right into it because I know I've got till 10:30. <laughs> so Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, we see Jesus coming along to his disciples in the in the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he, you know, that's so wonderful. Can you stay on that thing? It's just like it's just so awesome. It's just it's just good. Thank you. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> okay. Came into the region of Philippi, Caesarea. And he asked his disciples, or asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What a, what a question. I mean, think of this. Jesus, you know, he was, he was one of the rabbis. You, you must remember in those days there were many rabbis wandering around the, the region of, 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 of Judea and, and Jerusalem in there. So Jesus was not the only one. So he comes along to his disciples and he says, well, who are people saying that I am? And so they said to him, well, you know, <clears throat> Jesus, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So you can see they kind of had an idea, but they didn't quite know. All right. And you know, that is still the question today that you find in the world. Even amongst Christians who know Jesus. See, the question still is, who is Jesus to you? Who is He to you? You see, because, I mean, traveling around the world like we do, we find that there is a great attempt out there to redefine who Jesus is according to how they want Jesus to be. And yet Jesus says, come on, who do you say that I am? Because the truth is, like we heard you doing the worship, you know, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the deliverer. Jesus is the one that will, will, will give you the Holy Spirit. That's the four square gospel as we know it. 
All right, Jesus is all those things. But you have to understand, how does somebody get saved? How does somebody receive Jesus into their life? It is the moment when they get the revelation, when the light shines into their hearts and they realize, wait a minute, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus is that Savior. And that truth enters their heart. And you know what? When the call comes, when the moment comes, they say, yes. But you know, it's the same thing with healing. It's the same thing if you need a miracle. It's the same thing. You, Jesus is still asking the question, who do you say that I am? In other words, what is burning in your heart? What is alive in your heart? You know, Jesus said, you have ears to hear. They have ears to hear, but they don't hear. They have eyes to see, but they don't see. But if you do, and he uses the word perceive or understand, in other words, the spiritual understanding of the heart. If you do, I will come and I'll heal you. And so Jesus asks this question, who do you say? And they say, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But then he makes it personal and he turns to his disciples and he says, okay, that's who they say I am. But who do you say I am? You see, the Lord is still asking the same thing. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, now you've got to understand, we, we hear that statement, we read it there, and we go, well, of course He is. But think about it. For 4,000 years, it was prophesied, declared, the Messiah is coming. For 4,000 years, people lived and died and lived and died and lived and died and still there was no Messiah. And suddenly here comes this guy, this man, Jesus from Nazareth. I mean, what good can come out of Nazareth? Here he comes on the scene. Okay, he's doing these special things. He's healing, he's walking on water, he's feeding the 5,000. But still, could this be the one that we've been waiting for for 4,000 years? Can you imagine that? So when Peter stood up and said, well, Lord, you know what? You are, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. That was not a small thing. Tell somebody next to you, that's not a small thing. That's not a small thing. You know, Jesus said, listen, yeah, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, He has revealed this to you. Come on now. In other words, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to Peter and worked with him and revealed to him and did that work and caused him to get the understanding and the revelation that this, this guy, this man standing before you, asking you this question, he is the one. He is the one. And you know, Jesus went on to say these, these amazing words that we know. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, which we know is little stone. Everybody say little stone. But upon this rock, what rock? This that just happened to you, Peter. This, this work that the Holy Spirit just did in your life, revealing who I am, revealing Jesus to Him. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look, this is not talking about hell moving forward. This is about the advancement of the church, the advancement of the kingdom. And it's saying that hell cannot stop 
the church or the believer that has the revelation of Jesus in their life. Come on. Hallelujah. And then he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven in that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. In other words, when this happens to you, authority comes to your life. Victory comes to your life. Think about it. We sometimes pray, pray, pray. We take the Word of God. We hear the promises are yes and amen. Yes to God, but amen through us. That's our part. You see, when this authority comes, because this has happened to us, and we said, we know it, Lord, the Holy Spirit does His work in us. Then authority comes. Why do some people pray, 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 and nothing? And then suddenly, you know why? They shifted from trying to understand intellectually to suddenly knowing because the Holy Spirit has revealed it to their heart. Matthew chapter 8, I love this story. Yeah. Matthew chapter 8 verse 1. And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper. Somebody say, behold, a leper. <laughs> you know, a leper in those days, you obviously know what a leper is. You're alive, but yet you, you're really rotting away. You know, India still has them. Some parts of Africa still has lepers. Even Central and South America, there's still some lepers down there. But a leper, you're basically rotting away. It signal, it was, they, they believed the leper was obviously unclean, represented sin. They were rejected. They were not allowed to come in, out into the city where the people were. They had to stay out of the city. Talk about social distancing. They were not allowed to come within, I think, I think it was 10 to 14 feet of any well person. If they did, they would, they, they would be stoned. So talk about rejection. Talk about isolation. Talk about all those things. I mean, can you imagine what they're going to do? We, we look at the leprosy, we say, ah! But imagine what's happening to the person. But this leper comes, obviously, I, I, I mean, we don't, it says nothing that he knew Jesus before this moment. But it says... He came and He worshipped Him. Everybody say, He worshipped Him. Saying, Lord. Now, listen here. Rejected on the outskirts of the city. Here comes this guy from Nazareth. He's walking down the street. Here comes the leper, full of leprosy. Rejected, rejected, out. Don't come near anybody. But He comes to Jesus and He worships Him. He worships Him. Look, you don't worship, you don't worship somebody if you haven't got that revelation of who He is. He worships Him and He says, Lord. Everybody say, Lord. Listen here. That means something happened in that guy's life. There where he's sitting in the leper colonies, rejected on the outside. The Holy Spirit, I believe, came to him and revealed to him who Jesus is. And He came and He worshipped Him. And He said these amazing words. He said, Lord, if You are willing, You can make me clean. If You are willing, You can make me clean. And you know, that is often really our position. Because if I had to ask you here today, how many of you believe that God is almighty? 
that with Him all things are possible. I mean, we would say, yes, all things are possible to God. He's the creator. You know, I love Romans where it says the two things we must know about God is that He gives life to the dead and He calls those things that are not into existence. So he gives, He's the life giver, but He's also the creator. So in other words, nothing is impossible with Him. Nothing. So we would say, yes, He can do it. But the same question arises that this man prayed, but will you do it for me? Are you willing? Will you, in other words, will you do it for me? I know you did it for them. I read in the Bible how you did it for others. I see how you worked here. I know some friends where you did it for them. But Lord, are you willing? Will you do it for me? That's the question, isn't it? Come on out. Speak, speak back to me. I've got to look past it. That's the question. We believe, but we like that guy in the Bible who says, Oh Lord, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief, you know. We always have that, that, that war within us. I believe, but Lord, will you do it for me? And there's an interesting thing that happens here. Jesus does something amazing. Are you ready? Are you ready to see what he does? Before he does anything, before he even says a word. Now we know when Jesus speaks, things happen. When Jesus speaks, healing, miracles happen. But before Jesus does anything, he does an amazing thing to a leper. Unclean, contagious, beyond contagious. It says he stretched out his hand and he touched him. Think about that. That is love. That is saying to that man, listen here, you might be rejected by others. Others might think you're unclean. But listen, I love you. And he reached out and he touched him. And then he speaks the words. And he says, I am willing. I'm willing. Be cleansed. You see. It's an amazing story. Because some of us even maybe in this room here today, we might not have this thing called leprosy. <laughs> Thank God. But there's other things in our life. There's rejection. There's often shame. There's self-hatred. Even sickness. Things we're going through. And often, you know, those things that come against us, the, the thing about those things is that they, 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 they scream the opposite to who God is. And you begin to ask yourself the question, all these things are happening to me. Oh Lord, where are you and why? And will you do it for me? Will you come through for me? But it begins to beat us down. We begin to ask the question, yes, Lord, I know you are almighty. I know that you are all those things. But do you see me? Do you see me? But you see, Jesus is always willing, not only to step into your situation and do the miracle, but He's always willing to come with His presence and to touch your life. But I tell you, when He touches your life and amazing things happen, the revelation of who He is explodes on the inside of you. Amen? Come on. And you know, He was immediately healed. I was thinking of a, you know, it's one thing we, we read stories like this and we, we speak out of it out of the Bible, but I want to share with you a real life story that I saw. Years ago, I was preaching in the southern part of Brazil near a town called, city called Belo Horizonte, 
which means beautiful horizon. And it was a, we're doing like a conference there and there was, there was I think around a thousand people in this conference. But before I started, they came up to me with almost a little bit of fear, a little worry. I said, what's going on? They said to me, listen here, in this, yeah, the town next to Belo Horizonte called Novo Lima. And they said, there's this notorious gang leader. The whole town knows him. He's been in prison, but you know, he still led the prison, the, the gang from prison. And we've been, we've heard, this, it's, it's kind of filtered down to us that he's, his sentence is over. He's coming out of prison today, but he's told everybody he's coming to church. But he's dangerous. Drugs. Weapons. <laughs> dangerous guy. And they were all afraid. Why is he coming to church? So I thought, well, we can't exactly stop him. What are we supposed to do? You know? <laughs> so, so anyway, you know, you get into the meeting, you preach, you pray, you lay hands, people get touched, you forget. And at the end of the meeting, the meeting was over, the, the songs, the, the, the music was dying down. In walks this guy. Now let me tell you something, when he walked in, you knew that is the guy. <laughs> He looked exactly what you would think a gang leader would look. I mean, he, he walked in, he had muscles. He obviously been working out in the, in, the, in the jail there. He had all the, I mean, the tattoos, the piercings, and he looked mean and huge. And I thought, now, one day he qualifies as a gang leader because he looks like one, you know what I mean? And, but he came in and he, he, before he did anything, he just, he just looked, he looked, and he looked to the front of the, of, of the, of the church. I just happened to be the poor guy preaching that day. It could have been anyone else. <laughs> but here he came, he walked down to the front and he stood there and he looked at me. And I went down to him with my interpreter. I'm thinking, what am I going to say to this guy? You know, he, would, he didn't even hear the message. He didn't even hear me saying, for God so loved the world. <laughs> he heard nothing. He's just there. So I walk up to him and I thought, well, what do you do with somebody that has just come to church. So I went up to him and I said, what do you want? What can we do for you? It's like offering a cappuccino, you know. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, I heard, this is what he said, I heard while I was in prison that Jesus can set me free from my drug addiction. Now, now think about this. Think about this. Here's this guy. See, this is like the leper. Here's this guy in prison, surrounded with violence. People fear him. He's not thinking Jesus. He's not thinking, oh, hallelujah, let's worship the Lord. You know, where are the angels? You know, he's not thinking that. He's there in that, in that place, trying not only to control people through fear, but he himself. But he has a problem. He's an addict. And he hears, you see, Jesus has a reputation. Do you know that? He has an amazing reputation. And he heard that Jesus can set him free from this drug addiction. So here he is standing before me. I mean, I'm looking up at him. He's looking down at me. I mean, I, I thought to myself, this guy could just snap me like a twig. And, and there's no one in this room that can do anything about it. Yeah? So I look at him. I say, well, and I was, 
you know, as preachers, sometimes we over-eager. We just want to jump in and say, yes, let's pray with the Lord. Yes, the Lord can do it. And I'm about to do it. And the Lord stops me. And I look at him. I say, listen, yeah, I'll make a deal with you. And he seemed to understand this language. <laughs> I said, I'll make a deal with you. The Lord will set you free from your drug addiction on this condition. Do you want to know what it is? He said, okay, yeah, what is it? I said, you must give your life to Jesus. You must become a Christian and you must serve Him for the rest of your life. You see, you know, hey, don't cast your pearl before swine. You know, just, you know, make a deal. He looked, I mean, he, I mean, he just, he looked at me. You could see the cogs were turning. He was looking at me. And do you want to know what happened? you want to hear what happened? It's pretty profound. He looked at me. And he said these amazing words. He said, okay. <laughs> That's what he did. He said, okay. In other words, he said, okay to Jesus. Okay to serving Him for the rest of his life. But let me tell you something. When he said, okay. You see, somebody like him, he didn't, he didn't need the soft version of the gospel. He needed the strong version. And the Lord was ready. I mean, yeah, he's saying, okay. I'm thinking, okay. Before I even say, let's do it, it's like, um, uh, the only way I can describe it, an invisible hand came and smacked him. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, lay, I didn't even say in the name, I was, I was not ready, I was getting ready. Next thing I know, he's on the floor, lying there, shaking under the power of God. Everybody's shocked, he's shocked, tears coming out of his eyes. I mean, he's just like, he's like, you can see, my God, what just happened? But that tough guy got up there, crying, shaking, saying, I feel it, it's gone. I feel it, it's gone. I, I, the, the, the addiction is gone. You know what happened? He received Jesus. He went out, he called his whole gang together and said, listen, yeah, today we bow our knee, we receive Jesus. And they went from selling drugs, doing all that nonsense, to actually doing community service in his town. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. I mean, you know, Jesus is amazing. But think about it. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. Who do you say that I am? That's what the Lord says. Come on now. So I ask you that question. Who is Jesus to you? See, the revelation of who He is to you is what will come to your life. You know, Ephesians, I hope I quoted right, because this is going off my, my notes. <laughs> so I pray that the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the true knowledge of God will come to you. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you might know what His calling is, and I got it right, and His inheritance is in you, the saints. Think about it. Jesus has an inheritance in you. But you see those words? I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the true knowledge of Him and that the eyes of your heart, you see, this is what we're talking about. Yeah, that, that, that gang leader, even though he was a bad guy, this happened to him. The Holy Spirit came to his life, opened his heart, and he saw Jesus. And when he did, he encountered Jesus. 
Come on now, somebody. I'll just, I'll just tell you the story. You all know the, the, the story of blind Bartimaeus? Everybody, they say about preachers, if they've got nothing else to preach, they go to Bartimaeus. But, but I want to I show you something in, in that story. We know Bartimaeus is blind on the road to Jericho, you know, begging. He's blind. And he hears a noise, he hears a crowd, he hears a commotion. And he, he, he begins to ask, what is going on? What's happening? And they tell him, now listen to the words carefully. You can go check it out later. He says this, he says, they say to him, Jesus from Nazareth or Jesus of Nazareth is coming down the road about to pass you by. Everybody say Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, that would be the same thing to say, Benjamin from Rome, Georgia. (laughs) Or or Julie from Rome, Georgia. You know, that's what they were saying. This guy, Jesus, from 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 the area of Nazareth, he's about to pass you by. But look what Bartimaeus does. Are you ready? He jumps up. He begins to cry out. He begins to shout over the people. But here's what he says. It's almost like he never heard them. He says, Jesus, son of David. Now, wait a minute, Bartimaeus. Let's rewind the tape. They told you, Jesus from Nazareth. What are you doing crying out? Jesus, son of David. You see, what he was saying was, I know who you are. Jesus, son of David, he was saying, you are the Messiah. You are the one that was promised. I recognize that you are the one because you see there was a prophecy concerning King David that upon his throne, somebody will always sit. So when he said, Jesus, son of David, he was recognizing that that was the one. You talk about the fact that something happened in his life, the Holy Spirit did a work. You know, interesting, Jesus often walked up to people and said, do you believe I can do this? And they would say, yes, Lord. But in Bartimaeus' case, he said, he walked up to, he called him over and he said, what do you want? What do you need? Because it was already done. That revelation already happened. What do you need? Come on, what do you need here today? You know, in, in the United States, we are very spoiled. Do you know that? We sometimes, some people say about America that we have what we call a mushy gushy gospel. In other words, a gospel that, is, that we want to make everybody comfortable. But you know, Jesus, when he went to the cross, it was not comfortable. <laughs> it was a price he paid. Crown of thorns. They spat on him. They pulled out his beard. They beat him. They mocked him. He had to carry his own cross. They nailed him to that cross. He didn't, he didn't hang there with a nice little loincloth like you see in some of the movies. He was beaten beyond recognition. Bleeding. Bruised. He was bruised for our iniquity. Pierced through for our transgressions. The punishment for our peace, for our salvation fell upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Jesus did that for you. So that you can receive all, all that he bought for, all that he paid. Everything that is in, that, 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 that is in him is now available, that he paid for at the cross is now available to you and me. I want to tell you one more story and then we're going to pray. Are you ready to pray? 
because I've got 15 minutes there. It's chasing me down. <laughs> I want to tell you about a Muslim family. You know, we, we spent a lot of time in Europe, in Germany, and the, the, the um, refugees would come over from Syria, from Iran, from different parts, and they would come into Germany. And they would land up in church. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> and there was this one guy in this one church, and he was sitting in the back there, a Muslim guy. And he was watching the whole service. You can imagine where he comes from. And now he's in church and he's hearing about Jesus, all right? And he's just sitting back there. He's looking. You can see he's just watching this whole thing. He doesn't move. He doesn't say anything. <clears throat> it's almost like he doesn't participate. We pray for people. People get touched. And he's looking at that. And at the end of the meeting, he comes down. And he looks at me. And he says, is this Jesus real? Think about it. <laughs> I say, sure he is. And there was somebody down there, you know, being touched by the Lord. He said, is that real? What is that? So I tried to lead him to the Lord, but he was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm Muslim. <laughs> but he said, but what's happening to him? I said, well, that's Jesus. You know, I wasn't going to get theolo theological. That's Jesus. <laughs> he says, hmm. I said, do you want that? He says, okay. <laughs> this is a funny story. So, so I prayed for him. I said, okay, cl close your eyes. He said, no, I don't want to close my eyes. So he just looks at me like that. So I say, Lord, prove to this man <laughs> that you are real. And I tell you what, the Holy Spirit came on him. He started to shake, cry, and he fell on the ground. He fell on the ground. He stood up. He fell on the ground again. He stood up. He fell on the ground. He looked at me. He ran out of the church. I thought, well, you gain some, you lose some. You know what I mean? What are you going to say? <laughs> I mean, he was just, I mean, he ran out of the church. That night, because that was, that was the morning service. That night, here he comes. But behind him is his wife, his children, his grandmother, his cousin. I mean, just... They were like just the whole family and they assumed their position in the back of the church. Same story. We go through the whole meeting. We preach, we pray, we lay hands upon people. They stand there, they look at us. Meeting ends. Yeah, he comes with all his family. They come, they, they fall down into the, front of the, into the front of the church and they're all looking at me. So I say, what do you guys want? They look at me and they look at the guy that was there in the morning. And you know what they said? We want what he got. <laughs> A whole Muslim family. So I said, oh Lord, give them what he got. You know, we didn't even have to touch them. We didn't even have to lay our hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them. They landed up where he landed up in the morning. But you know what? They got up and I looked at them all and I said, now do you want to receive Jesus? And they said, yes. And you know, that family, is, they're still believers. They're still Christians in that church serving the Lord all these many years later. <laughs> Hallelujah. So come on, let's, let's just stand up here. Let's just stand up. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit. And we're just going to ask Him just to come and to touch you. 
Father, we thank You. Thank You for this wonderful time. Thank You for Your Word. And Lord, I just sense in my heart that there are some people here fighting the fight. And it's difficult. It's not easy. But they're praying that same prayer, Lord. Will You do it for me? So right now, in the name of Jesus, I just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. Just right there where you are. And Father, I thank you that you are, you still, you still reveal Jesus as our great healer. And Lord, I know that there are those here today that are, that are fighting that fight. But I ask you in the name of Jesus, as we pray now in that mighty name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, that you would reach down right there where they are and that you would touch their physical body in the name of Jesus. Lord, that healing would come to them in the name of Jesus. That a, that a miracle would come to their life in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for that one, Lord, that has pain in their back, Lord, towards their shoulder blades. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that that pain would leave. Lord, we come against it. We command, we command that, that thing to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, Lord the difficulty of breathing. Lord, I, I think it's asthma or the, on, the, the beginnings of that. Father, I come against that asthma. Lord, I speak to their lungs. Lord, I say, may their lungs be free of the asthma. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would heal them and touch them right there where they are. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we rebuke the pain that is in some people's bodies. The pain that is in their backs. Lord, the pain that is in their hips. Lord, that, 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 that knee that has been injured and they walk with pain their whole life feels in their knee. In the name of Jesus, just begin moving it and be healed right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Look, there's also somebody here, you've got like, I don't know how to describe it, but you've been wondering what's going on because there's been tingling and stiffness that has been happening in like your, your hands and your, your um, wrist area. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. I speak life to those hands, to those wrists. And I say, let it loosen up and let healing come to you in the name of Jesus. Don't give up. This is what I hear the Lord saying to you. Don't give up. Whatever it is that you're facing, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. He is your great physician. He is your great healer. He is the Savior of your soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Come on, He's doing it right now. Thank you for your presence. Just whatever it is that you need. Just look to Jesus with the eyes of your heart, with your heart, with your life. Just reach out and touch Him. Touch the hem of His garment. Just say, Jesus, I believe. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my Savior. I receive it now in the name of Jesus. You see, we, we have authority in the name of Jesus. 
And we pray over you today that any infirmity, any sickness, that it leaves you hopeless. You know, it keeps coming to me, Chase. Some people experiencing, yeah, experience a little bit of hopelessness. You know, things come to your life where you, where you try to see a good future. You try to look ahead, but you can't see it because you feel hopeless. Well, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we come against that thing. We come against the thief that is trying to steal from your life. And we say in the name of Jesus, be free. Lord, we, we declare and we prophesy hope. We prophesy faith into your life. Don't settle for what the thief is doing, but rather grab a hold of him and cast him out. Cast him out in the name of Jesus. Don't settle for it. Come and take that loved one of your hand next to you, that friend, if you're with them, your loved ones, and raise it up and say, Jesus, I receive what you have for me. I believe.